0: Welcome back, community group leaders, to this week's episode of The Deeper Podcast, where we partner with you as you grow closer with God, His Word, and people. I'm your host, Cody LeCann. Joined with me is Joe Hishma. Hey,
1: Cody. Hey, everyone. Doesn't Cody have a little bit lower voice? Are you struggling with something right now
0: or just have a cold? Well, we have this barometric change that just came in with all of the snow. Uh, and as much as I love changes. it... Um, I thought that I could get away with not taking my allergy meds in the okay. winter, okay. and so then I got behind on that, and then the mm. it went from, like, 60 degrees to, uh, to Six. what, five? <laughs> Six, yep. So right. here I am, suffering the consequences of my own actions. Yeah, it's no problem. I've restarted my meds on allergies, so hopefully by the weekend it'll be uh, clear. Good. But it's good to be here. Yeah. Okay, Joe, so... At the leader training for our small group leaders, we told them to mark their calendars for February 25th. That's right. Friday
1: evening, February 25th.
0: Can you give kind of like a little idea of what that night might look like so they can kind of be like, yeah, let's get that excitement going because it's really awesome. I'm really excited to have this play going out for small groups. I think it's going to be super beneficial so that it's not just me who is like, forefronting this but that we actually have leaders in place who can help and i think it's going to be super beneficial
1: yeah so um when we say almost every week that every every um person is a minister and every place you're in is a ministry opportunity we really mean that and so we want to equip people to be leaders wherever god has them uh inside as well as outside in the uh, of the church, and so this whole evening is all about giving you a vision of uh, why. Why is leadership development so important for us as a church, and and for us as individual followers of Jesus? Secondly, um, what are we talking about? What does it look like to be um, a leader? And then third, how? How are we going to become leaders or make leaders? And that vision, I think, has been powerful to me no matter what I do here, is just to see the overall grid. Because the truth of it is, is we have a lot of people here just watching. And the best way for them to get involved into ministry is a personal invitation. It's, we've we've seen that by far it is the greatest, most powerful um, doorway into, into serving and into leading here is when someone comes and says, hey, this is what I see in you. I'd love to be a part of you joining in this, or I, would you like to take my place in this or do this with me? Um, that by far is the number one thing that, people, that moves people into ministry. And so we want to share that vision and how you can be a part of that.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to be having the how section of that night. And so okay. I would love for you guys to join me for that. I know that out of the other ministries, you might get a, a second ask, but that's yep. okay. On the night of, I will try to get a good recording of it so that we can look at that and see how that might fit into your schedule. But I'm really excited for it. I'll put a link in the email so you can get registered for that. So yeah. we can be prepared for you, and I look forward to seeing you there.
1: That's right. It starts at 6. Yep. Um, we'll have substantial snacks, but we won't have dinner. So okay. try to eat before you come. And uh, we'll be done around 8.30, so two and a half hours. But it's going to go fast, and there's yep. lots of breaks in there. So
0: Yep, there'll be lots of stuff to break it up. That's right. It'll be good. Okay, so, Joe, this week... You're focusing on the Passover for your message. That's right. A lot of the reading went through all of the different plagues, so you're really only focusing on one of them. So, mm-hmm. can you kind of paint the picture of the backstory of the different plagues? Yeah. About what what you got going through?
1: Sure. If you look at man, it's kind of been tough reading, hasn't it? This week, yeah, you've it's been, been looking crazy. at all the plagues, and then yep. it snows on Wednesday, <laughs> and you go, "We have the yep. plague of cold and snow." But what is God doing with these? Um, and again, it's all part of a story and knowing the context of why they why they're happening is very important to us. God says, "Moses, I have appointed you. I have seen my people. I have remembered my covenant. I've heard their cry and I know what they're going through and now I'm acting." And so God is just going to continually to confront, continue to confront Egypt and its leader Pharaoh. And it's going to call his and move his people out of Egypt into the promised land. And there's resistance to the to the will and the way of God in this world and yeah. even in us. And what this is really going to confront is, my goodness, God is going to confront every one of those. He's going to bring us to the end of ourselves so that we'll trust and depend on him. And I think that's what we can... That's what we can re- re- rely on with God. He is absolutely committed to us to call us out of sin and move us into righteousness. So um, there is... How about that? I'm getting a call, so I'll just turn that off and move my phone.
0: Sorry. <laughs> no worries. I think from the reading, the part that really got grasped me was that the magicians even tried. So we yes. get to this picture of these magicians trying, but then eventually they just give up because they're like, there's no way. Yeah. But there was also no way that they could reverse it. So, like, yes. when the river turned to blood, the magician's like, there's nothing. It's mm-hmm. fine. It mm-hmm. just sucks. So like, oh, I can maybe trick you into looking at the water flow in front of you that's red and yes. looks like blood, but, like, I can't undo the... So it just really yeah. showed me that picture of how powerful God is, because God undoes it, and he, like, yes. redeems it. and That's it's, right such a much bigger picture than even though the magicians thought they were so cool and mighty, like, oh, look at me. I could do this same thing, Moses. It's not Mm -hmm. that big of a deal, but one, it wasn't on that scale. And two, it just, like they couldn't undo it. So like really, where's their power? That's right. So I think the other thing we need to realize is that when God is confronting,
1: he's also relenting when they say, okay. Okay, enough. Okay. So you see this. It's not just Pharaoh saying no, it's that when he said go... God relented. Yep. And salvation and grace was always his. Um those who go their own way forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Jonah praised that in the in the belly of the great fish, okay? Yep. And what we do is when we when we reject God, when we refuse to follow him, um we forfeit that. That's exactly what Pharaoh forfeited. And God just gave Pharaoh more of what he wanted, life without him. Life where he sunk
0: into his own depravity. Yep. Yeah. So you kind of started to hint on it, but what does this passage teach us about redemption? Okay, great question.
1: So Exodus 12 is um, this celebration that Israel was to do forever. And that Passover where God passed over the homes of the Israelites who had blood on their doorposts, the blood of that Passover lamb. And redemption, whether you, like, redeem a coupon at a, at a grocery store or redeem uh, an offer, you know, a 20% off thing at a, wherever you're buying things from, redemption is purchasing you out of one thing so that you can deliver into another. And so God is purchasing his people out of his own judgment and their own slavery And he's moving them into the land that he wants. And so as he does this, it costs, right? It costs if you rebel against and the blood of the lamb is not on your home, you lose big time. It costs you your firstborn son. And if you uh, have a lamb do that... costs you the life of that lamb. And God is pointing, he's pointing his people, and he's pointing even the nations to the reality that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of the sins. And that smaller redemption, even though it was the greatest act of deliverance in the Old Testament for the people of God, that is pointing us to even a greater act through Christ as our Passover lamb.
0: Awesome. So the second question I've got for you, Is there slash has there been a story that you're stuck in from this week's reading? Or if so, what did you need from this message passage to help you get out of that?
1: Okay, so this is when you're talking with your group, um, this is a good time to go... You know, because I'll open my message in that this week is or I open that message of, you know, what's that story you're stuck in? It might be a story of what other people did to you or what, what other people said about you. It might be even a story about what you say about yourself or the constant pattern that keeps you trapped or keeps you limited or keeps you enslaved to something. That story is worth coming out. And it could be a story of the voice you've heard in the back of your head that you're worthless the story of you're not good enough, you don't have what it takes. That might be something that was said to you in sixth grade that you couldn't get over or a bully statement that someone made to you in, in middle school. I found adults don't get over that story until they trust their lives to a better story that God provides us through Christ. And the Passover is basically saying, Look, this is your backstory, Israel. You've been beaten up. You've been abused. You've been persecuted and enslaved. I'm going to redeem you. And I'm not going to just redeem you so that you can do life on your own without me doing whatever you want to do, just in another area of trapped or enslavement. But I've delivered you to serve me and to make my name great among the nations. And I think for us, that story, whatever it is, we need to we need to confront that with the deliverance that Christ has given us. So let me go personal with that. My story that I think I've been wrapped up in the past two years of when I'm tempted to walk away from God's story or not depend on God's story through Christ in me. I think that that story is is oh my god, oh my goodness, we're we're uh, we're shrinking. Oh my goodness. People are going away. Oh my goodness, um, we're not going to be what we once used to be. And it's that story that gets us wrapped up in a kind of a depressed perspective when you look at who we are as a church, who Christ is. And the reality is I've been with this church from roughly a hundred people to whatever God has done with it or is doing with it. And I've always been able to focus on the people in front of us rather than the people we, who aren't here yet or even the people who may have left. Yeah. And uh, so that's been challenging to me. And that story is that, no, now is the day. The people I've placed in front of you are the people I want you to lead. And that's given me a whole new picture where I trust God for the results and I look to God for his success, not my picture of success.
0: What would you say is your story? Thank you for going deep with us on that. Yeah, I the for me when I heard that, I, I immediately went to. I still hold the names of those kids who bullied me in fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Like I still hold on to that. Yeah, and so that's part of the story of my past, and I'm like, I that's present in me, and I think about Charlie, my daughter, and as she gets ready for school age, like. I'm worried about that for her, and I keep holding on very tightly. Like, I, I don't want her to get hurt. So, what can we do to make sure yeah. that doesn't happen? Yeah. And so, instead of realizing like God has a bigger plan, like me holding and still remembering their names, like, yeah, they probably don't remember my name. Yeah. But I still hold on to that. And so, needing to let that go of, of just like, okay, well, God's sure. using my story. Mm-hmm. Israelites who were bound and enslaved had a far worse life than I did, even though it felt like terrible at the moment of getting picked mm-hmm. on on the playground. But, like, mm-hmm. God redeemed them out of it. He's redeemed me out of it. He's moved me past it. That's right. I'm states away from them, most likely. I don't even know where they are now, but yes. holding onto their names isn't going to do me any good. So yeah, that was really and,
1: helpful. And I think for most of them, as as I've connected with different people on LinkedIn or Facebook or anything, yeah. they don't even remember what they said to you.
0: Oh, probably not.
1: And they may have had a change where they go, boy, I was a jerk in middle school. <laughs> And so I've even had people who said that to me uh, later on in life, um, who said, man, I am sorry when that happened to you. I didn't do anything. And I had been kind of holding it against them. And God is the one who is the master story writer. And we have to learn to trust him and not just be limited or depressed in our backstory.
0: Yeah. So that's the story that I need to let go and be stuck on, and so hopefully that will open up a good conversation for you guys in your groups this week. Yeah. I know as we're sitting here processing it, it really helped me. Yeah. So as we move on to the apply section, Mm -hmm. how can we take what we learned from the Passover and communion and use it in our daily walks with Christ? Okay. So um, God told His
1: people to celebrate Passover. It became the New Year celebration for them. And he reminded them that as every new year began, this is a day of—this is the this remembrance when I delivered you out of bondage in, in Egypt to be my firstborn child and to love you and to lead you into the land that I was going to show you. I think every day is that for us with Christ. Every day is our Passover. Every day we wake up from the sleep, from the darkness, a new light appears with even a sunrise. I think we can celebrate the Passover of Christ in our lives, where God took out all of our pain, all of our brokenness, all of our our limitations and unrighteousness on Jesus on the cross, his death, his blood that was shed, Um, when it's applied to our lives, the, I mean, we're the house, your temple, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The blood of Christ on us covers us from our sins. That's something we got to celebrate every day, and we have to live in the reality of that. And so as we celebrate that and relate that, then we also then can can consecrate our lives to Christ. We've been purchased out of that. Why would, As Paul says, why would we live in sin any longer? You've been brought out of de- uh, death into life, out of darkness into light. So... We have to realize that. That's each day is that celebration. Excuse me.
0: Yeah. I really liked the speed at which things are happening in Exodus. So God is like, hey, grab the unleavened bread because you don't have time to wait for it. And that sense of urgency. So we have this good news. And so we have to take it. We need to go with it. Yeah, and that's so, the other
1: side of it is what yep. do we do
0: with this. Yeah. What do we do with it? And so I think we're being that reminder is really great. Yeah. So what practices do you keep? That keep you dependent and fed on Christ for your life. So um, communion's a meal. <clears throat> yep. It doesn't look like much.
1: <laughs> it's uh, it's the wafer or the bread and the cup uh, and the juice. But really, it's it's to be the meal that gives meaning to all other meals. And as you take food into your into your mouths and digest it you're really talking and modeling that dependence on Christ. And so it's good to thank God before a meal, but it's always good that that meal would point you to Christ and being fed by him and satisfied by him. At the same way, our hunger for food is to equate to our hunger for Jesus and the life in him. We, when we're hungry, eat food. We, when we're spiritually hungry, our hungry, um, feed on Christ. So that's just a constant thing that physiologically in us we hunger for food. Um that we if we can connect that to our minds and some of us fast even we withhold food so that the pangs of hunger even hangry uh, and yeah. spirit a spirit of hangriness we can um, we can just long for food and we try to withhold ourselves from that so that we can have our Spiritual lives fed by Christ—that's a good practice to be in. And so we just—that's; those are some of the things I do on on meals is—is is to remember the provision that's in Christ.
0: Awesome. I think for me, the part that I've recently gotten really into, and I don't want to use a scary word. So I'll use the word patterned instead of like ritual. Sure. So when I have a life of patterned prayer where it's like a set prayer per day for things. So like on this day I pray for my child and her walk with God. And on this day I pray with my wife and our marriage. And so by having that patterned, example has really given me that daily practice of being fed with christ even though it's not like an eating and a tangible thing but it has that daily reminder for me of like this is what god is making me dependent on him and that has really opened up an amazing journey in my prayer life so yeah yeah. i know it doesn't stick with your food analogy but hey
1: it doesn't but what does prayer do prayer uh listens to god Prayer expresses your heart and opens up your life to Him, and prayer it leads your life as you listen to Him and follow what He tells you in, in prayer, through prayer. Yeah. So, my goodness, He moved them by a cloud during the day and a pillar of light by night, and prayer is that picture of us being led by the Holy Spirit, um, following God and where He's moving us. So
0: Yeah. Awesome. Joe, will you be able to pray for our leaders and this yeah. week in the passage?
1: Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much um, for each one of our leaders who steps up and takes responsibility with their group, and I trust our groups to you. Pray that you'd give them rich times of in your Word, as well as deep times praying for each other and sharing their lives with each other. I just am so blessed by my small group, and thank you for them, Um, and pray that you would uh, bless them and encourage them this day. May I be a blessing to them when we join together this upcoming week. And we look to you to be our Passover lamb, to uh, move in our lives and to always be that picture through the cross of uh, a life that's been redeemed and delivered by Christ. It's in his name we
0: pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. All right, leaders. So as we end today, I have a couple of announcements for you. So the Deeper Experience, we are one week away, right? That's right. February 10th. February 10th. I am super excited. Next Thursday night. Next Thursday, Brian's going to be teaching him and his calming voice. So I'm super excited for that. Um, For all the ladies. Registration is still open for the Women's Retreat. The early bird prices have ended, but you could still register. I'll include a link to that in the email, as well as a link to the Developing Leaders on February 25th. So thank you guys so much for joining us during this time. We hope that it helps you grow deeper to God, His Word, and people. Look forward Thanks to seeing so much, you next everyone. week. Bye-bye.